Good morning. One more time. Good morning. Hey, there we go. All right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you've given us your word, that you challenge us, that you've called us not to remain in our brokenness. But Father, you have called us to move forward into your purposes, that Father, you have called us to leave behind what was and to take hold of you and to take hold of all that you have for us. Father, I just pray this morning that as we look at your word, as we uh, take a look at some of the examples that we see in the season around us, Father, that Lord, you would just speak to our hearts, and Lord, you would challenge uh, challenge us, and that Lord, we might just fully take hold of all that you have for us. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So how many of you are uh, Christmassy folk? How many of you get a little excited at Christmas time? A few of you? All right. I, I'm one of those. I, I like it, but don't give me too much Christmas two weeks before, you know, more than two weeks before Christmas. I, I want Christmas to be on Christmas, but I've got some family members. They go a little nuts. As, as soon as Fourth of July parade is over, they're gearing up for Christmas. They're planning what they're going to do, what they're going to buy, you know, the they're already picking out Christmas sweaters. Um, I, I'm not that into Christmas, but I, I do enjoy it a little bit. But this uh, we, last week, we talked about light, uh, Christ bringing light into the world. And we talked about our responsibility as believers, as professing Christians, to take Christ's light that he's put within us and shine it into the world around us. And we talked about how sometimes we get perhaps a little uneasy. I mean, if you just get around Christmas time, you're just like, ugh. And sometimes we, we notice that around this time of year, also depression, there's a lot of different reasons, but a lot of people struggle. And I, I propose this just as a thought that what if we get really uncomfortable around this season of light because there's parts of our lives we don't want the light to shine on? Because there's parts of our lives that we just we're like, okay, God, let me just throw a blanket, hide this from you, and, uh, and you not see it. And of course, as we know, we can't hide from God. We can't hide things, but we do. We hide things in the corner of our hearts and our lives, and we throw a blanket over it, and we're, we just don't let Jesus touch that, affect that, change that. And we just think it's there, not hurting anything, but where we've covered it up, it's remaining dark. There's a part of us that is remaining dark and not fully in the light of Christ. This week, I want us to, this morning's is uh, titled, Don't Be a Spiritual Grinch. How many of you are familiar with the story of the Grinch? Uh, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. So if you're, if you're not, forgive me if I butcher it, um, but I believe there's this place called Whoville, and there were these people, these creatures, they live there, and they're happy, and they, they love Christmas. They just absolutely love Christmas time, and they live for Christmas. And there's this thing that lives up on the, on the hillside called the Grinch, which comes from, a, I think it was a French word, which means to be like grumpy or something like that. And he lives up on the hill, and they call him the Grinch, and he hates that these people are so happy, and he hates that these people are so into Christmas, so he gets a great idea. He and his dog, what's his dog's name, kids? Help me out. Max, yes, he and his dog Max, and Max doesn't look like a bad dog. He looks like a sweet dog. But anyway, Max goes along with it, and they go down into the village, and they steal their Christmas. They steal their presents, they steal their joy, and they rob them. He just robs them. I mean, little kids, little orphan kids, he takes their presents. How horrible is that? 
Are you all depressed yet? Okay. It's a, it's a, fortunately, it's a fake story, but this morning, I, w- I was, or this past week, I was thinking about gifts. It's Christmas time, we're giving gifts, and we all look at this image of the Grinch and what he represents, and all of us think, oh, that's horrible, I'd never want to be that guy, I'm not that person. But as I was thinking about it, I felt like God said, we love giving gifts, but how oftentimes, Spiritually, are we kind of like the Grinch? Because we are stealing or robbing or withholding joy or spiritual gifts from others. Particularly in the sense, and when I think of the story of the Grinch, I think of these children. You know, as adults, yeah, we like, we like presents, but really we get excited about giving gifts to kids because they light up they haven't been ruined by life yet, so they still appreciate it, hopefully, hopefully. Uh, but th- there's this light, it's, it's fun to give kids gifts. It's hard to imagine ourselves thinking, oh, I just hate seeing a happy kid. I just hate it when those kids light up and they just look at me with joy. I'm not giving them a gift. I'm whole, I'm, no. We, we don't think of in terms of, how many of us said, yeah, I would do that? None of us, right? I would hope not. We influence kids. We, we give them gifts. Our gifts sometimes influences them, right? The things that we give, if they're interested in something, we give them something. And, and uh, you know, if you have a kid that's interested in science, you give them a telescope or a science kit, you know, different things. You influence them throughout the year. We give them gifts. We, we give this influence. We, we build them up. So it's hard to imagine that we would just say, ah, I, I don't want my kids to have the best, so I'm not going to do that. What, what parent would do that? Unfortunately, though, you know, we would never consider ourselves the Grinch, robbing not only adults, but particularly, like I said, little children of their giftings. But this morning, I want us to think in terms of, as we as Christians, are we sometimes spiritual Grinches? Are we sometimes withholding good gifts? Are we sometimes withholding what children, and maybe not just children, if you don't have kids, this message this morning applies to who's in your sphere of influence? Who is looking to you to be a representation of what it means to be Christ-like? Would we want to be a spiritual Grinch to those people or to our kids? So what am I talking about this morning here? A spiritual Grinch basically being a person who is robbing or keeping other people from receiving spiritual growth, joy, and spiritual giftings in their their life and in their spiritual life. We look at Deuteronomy chapter 6. This is the verse that first came to my mind. Chapter 6, verse 6 through 7. And in, in this passage, God had... Uh, he'd first, he led the Hebrew people out of slavery. He, he brought them out of Egypt. He saved them from Pharaoh and from Pharaoh's uh, false gods. And he brought them to a place where they are now on their own. And he says, you're my people. And God talks to Moses and he gives out the, you know, we all know the Ten Commandments, hopefully. 
lays out the Ten Commandments, and he makes a covenant. He makes a deal, and he says, if you will follow these things, if you will follow this better way of leading, you lived in Egypt as slaves, and you saw how the Egyptians treated people, and you saw how they treated you and how ungodly they were. Well, I'm going to show you a better way. Here's the better way. And he teaches them a better way, and he gives them these laws that are going to help preserve them, sustain them, and give them life. And then he says this, these words I am commanding you today, you today must keep in mind, and you must teach them to your children, and speak of them as you sit in your house, as you walk along the road, as you lie down, as you get and what he's saying is, is, God was saying to his people, and, and his verse still speaks to us today even. We have the words of Christ that Jesus spoke to us, and much of the Old Testament still applies. Jesus was just giving us a clearer picture of what that meant for us. And, and so Jesus, through his word, and um, that's why we get together and we study so we know what he's teaching us. And then what God is saying is, so I've taught you things, I've taught you what brings life. If you look through the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus gives like one of his only sermons recorded there, and he lays out what it means to, to follow him, what it means, what he really desires. And so if you look through that, if you look through the words of Christ, and you look at the life that Jesus lived and how he modeled, what he's saying is, I want you to take all of that, and I want you to think about it. Not just now, but when you wake up in the morning. When you go to bed at night, these words are life. These words give hope. These words give purpose. Think about these things. And don't just hold this for yourself, but he says, teach your children and speak of them. So as you're going about your normal day and you're sitting in your home, what he's saying, what Moses is saying to his people here is, have this intentional mindset that you are going to teach and you are going to model exactly what God wants for us to either your children or to those that he has put around you as spiritual children or someone as to follow you that's in your sphere of influence. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, wise Solomon, he says, direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. It's amazing how many times as as pastors, you, you get to counsel or talk to people or talk to other pastors, and, and people come to them and said, my kids are just out of control, and this is going on, and that's going on. And, and when you start looking back at the, the history and the pattern of their life, you see that it wasn't that they were bad parents necessarily, but they weren't teaching the right path. See, just because you're not teaching your kid the wrong path, doesn't mean you're leading your kid down the right path. Just because your friends or the people you work with or those that God has put in your sphere of influence, just because you're not teaching them something contrary to the gospel, doesn't mean we are teaching and modeling the gospel to them. And so what, what we want to look at this morning is, whether we realize it or not, we are leading people around us. If we put the label of, of Christ follower, of, of Jesus on us, people are looking and they're expecting us to, to show them what that really means. 
our theme for uh, 2017, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And so before we can get people to start following us and, and walking with us in what Christ has called us to, we have to first make sure that we are walking on the right path. And not just walking on the right path, because it's, it's one thing just to teach, but to teach and to model in and out of season. It's too often times we like to compartmentalize, our, compartmentalize our, our life, and so we have a part of our life that this is when I teach and I model about Jesus, and then this is when I take a vacation from being Christ-like, and I, I do what I want over here. And we may not realize that's what we're doing, but sometimes we, we do that. We get tired, we get worn out, we get frustrated in life, and what happens is we go, whoo, time out, you know what, I just need to blow a little steam. I'm going to take a little time out from the Jesus uh, path here and do something contrary. The problem is we have not stopped being parents. We have not stopped being influencers. We have not stopped being representative. So what happens is if we are not continually, if we're not showing the right path, other people aren't going to be able to see it and they're not going to be able to walk on that path and they're not going to be able to reap the blessings and the joy and the peace and the healing and the restoration and the protection that comes from following Christ and walking as we should. See, Jesus wasn't just telling us things because they sounded nice and it made nice little memes to post on Facebook. He, he told us things because if we took to heart these things and we lived them out, it preserved the life that he'd given us. You know, we talked, a lot, uh, we talked past about being salt and light and we're to season the world around us and to bring preservation to it. God's light, his salt, it fills us, it comes, turns within us, it flows out of us as we walk in his light on his path so just to kind of a just to give you a little disclaimer before we have a video here i just want to show kind of remind us a little bit and in this video it was a a kind of a video that was put out to be spread internationally to really challenge parents and adults to think about the fact that they influence kids and so i, I hopefully it's it's maybe pg-13 so if 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 that's um, if you're worried about your kids, then um, you can cover their ears, I guess. It looks like rain again today. Dark clouds gather and fill the sky. Don't know how to talk to you. Just know how to say goodbye. a short but sobering video. There's a quote, a uh, man named Robert 
Fulham said, don't worry that children never listen to you. Worry that they are always watching you. Another person named James Baldwin said, children have never been very good at listening to their elders, but they have never failed to imitate them. And so I want to challenge us this morning, not just as parents, but as influencers. We're supposed to be salt and light in the world, right? People are watching us, especially in today's world. We have Facebook, multimedia. People are watching us, and and, and there's this idea out there in the world that, that Christians are hypocrites, that Christians are causing more problems in the world than, than they are being a part of fixing. And we know that that's Christ is the solution to the world. He's the light of the world. We sing about that. People are crying out for hope. They're crying out for an answer. So I want us to ask ourselves this morning, who are we influencing and teaching what it means to follow, live, and serve Christ? Who are we influencing? Where are our platforms of, of influence? Whether it's, is it our workplace? Is it our schools? Whether you're a teenager, whether you're in a senior citizen home, God has put us in different places in our lives and in society for a reason. And it's because we are called, wherever we find ourselves, we are called to be salt and light in those places. And what if in those places, if we are the strongest or the most influential or the only Christian influence in that place or particular person's life, our example will most likely overshadow what anyone else teaches them, good or bad. It doesn't matter how great of a sermon they listen to online. It doesn't matter how great of a book we give somebody talking about Jesus and talking about Christian life, if we are the main influencer in their life, the life we live is going to overshadow anything they have been taught, good or bad. If we as parents, we want the best for our kids, we want our kids to have those good spiritual giftings, we want them to have life. If we send them to church, we take them to church, and we want them to learn and grow up and not make the mistakes we made, but we ourselves choose not to stop making those mistakes, our influence will overshadow what they are being taught. We can either help be signposts. We can either help be standing in the people come to different forks in the road of their life, and we can be standing there giving direction saying, no, this way. This is the way that Christ would have us to go. We can be standing there alongside as we walk with people in life, and we all come to different crossroads and big decisions and problems in our life and and difficulties, and it's in those moments oftentimes that we have to make that decision. Do I go right or do I go left? Do I go straight? Which way do I go? And there's generally a way, and the Bible says there's a way that seems right to us, to a human being. In our own flesh and our own desires and our own arrogance and our own pride, there's a way that seems best to us. But the way that Christ would have us go is generally always in contradiction to that. There's a way that seems right because it's the easiest. 
There's a, a way that seems right because it is the most lucrative and the most beneficial financially. But it's not always the road that Christ would have us to take. And we ourselves have to be modeling that. As we go through life, when we get to those forks in the road, we need to prayerfully be saying, okay, God, what direction do I need to go? What would you have me do? That's why we need to know God's word and and follow his example. And, And not just for our own benefit, but for the benefit of others watching us. So as they get to the forks in their roads... And they are dealing with divorce, or they're dealing with with, uh, job loss, or they're dealing with uh, terminal illness. They have somebody that they can look to, somebody that's in their life saying, hey, I've been down this road. Let's go this way. And to help lead, and, and not just say this is the way, but to model the way. Direct your children onto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. These words I am commanding you today, you must keep in mind and you must teach them to your children and speak of them as you sit in your house, as you walk along the road, as you lie down, as you get up. Basically what it's saying in these two verses is with our every aspect of our lives, we are to be modeling the right way. And just going back to that gift analogy, we would never want to deny our kids. If, if we had unlimited resources at our, disposable, at our disposal, and we had property, and we had the capability to buy land and a pony, we would all get our kids a pony, I'm most likely, unless our kids are allergic to ponies. It's part of our nature, human nature. We, we all secretly, it, it's easy to not spoil your kid when you don't have a lot, but when we're given the opportunity... As parents, we'll admit, it's kind of fun to surprise your kid every now and then and spoil them a little bit. It's fun. I've heard grandparents say that's the best part about being a grandparent, is you can spoil them and you don't have to live with the consequences. You send them back home. Is that right? (laughs) And we know that God's Word says if we as human beings, being faulty and broken as we are, if we know how to give good gifts, if our kids are hungry and they ask for some bread, we're not going to give them a rock, that's what the scripture says. If they're, they're hungry and they need a little hamburger, you're not going to give them a snake. It's a ridiculous statement. You're like, of course. No, we wouldn't. And so if we're that, and our, our Father in Heaven is a good Father, if we think we're good enough to give our kids good gifts, then how good is our Heavenly Father? And so when we ask what we need, He gives to us what we need spiritually, mentally, physically. So imagine if if our good father actually has everything that we need, then that means he has everything that our children need. He has everything that the people who are in our area of influence need. And so if we are not modeling, if we are not showing the right path to God and what God is calling us to, we are being spiritual Grinches and we are robbing our children. We are robbing those people that we are called to influence of those blessings, of those giftings that God has for us. We're like the Grinch creeping down out of the hill and taking away all of the, all of the presents. The greatest act of spiritual Grinchism, if we can make that a word, is spiritual apathy. The quickest and the, the, the 
surest way that we will rob our children, we will rob those that God has put within our life for us to disciple and to lead to the right path, the surest way to, to rob them of that is to let ourselves fall into spiritual apathy. Meaning, do we wake up? And that's what the passage of Deuteronomy is saying. Is this a part of you? Is this something you're passionate about? Is God's way something that you put first in your life? And so when we wake up in the morning, on Sunday morning, and our kids are up playing around, and they're like, Mommy, Daddy, we want to go to church. We want to go learn about Jesus. And we're like, oh, you know, whew, I'm tired. We'll go next week. What are we modeling? We're modeling you learn about Christ. You serve in the body when you feel like it. I guarantee you, in this life, we often do not, we f- do not feel like doing the right thing more times than we do. Amen? I guarantee you the greatest preachers on television, the greatest pastors in this world, perhaps, just bear with me, they're human beings, perhaps more times than not, they don't want to get up and pray or do what God's calling them to do either more times than not. The joy and the desire for it comes as we do it. The benefits, the blessing of it occurs as we begin to do it. It's why we we have to teach our children discipline, right? We, We have to discipline it. We have to teach our kids, honor your commitments. We have a society where that's a huge problem. How many of you work in the workplace and you have work with people that just do not know how to show up to work on time? They do not know how to get work done. Whose fault is it? Somebody didn't teach them. Somebody didn't teach that child to honor their commitment as they grew older. Now, obviously, there's free will, and sometimes we can do what's best, and, and a kid or can grow into an adult and just decide to, to leave all that, sure. But the reality is we have an entire society that doesn't honor commitment. It, doesn't, uh, it does only what benefits it in the moment, what feels good. And if we as believers are going to change society, if we're going to change the world around us, what better way to help the world around prioritize than to be a selfless, impassioned church that knows where true life, that knows where true hope comes from, and we let go of the things of this world to, to model and to teach that first, not just to our children, not just to our family members. And, and it goes as, as spouses one another. We are to encourage each other on the right path. I guarantee you if, you, if you're in a relationship or if you're married or want to be, there's times in your lives where one of you at different times in your life is not going to be walking on the right path. We all stumble. We all fall. We all trip and we fall off the wrong path. We're like, man, that'd be easier over there. I'll try over here. That's why together as the body of Christ, we are to influence one another. We are to help model and come together and teach one another and help bring each other back to the right path. We'll be doing uh, some children's dedications probably next month. 
And part of that is we dedicate, we recognize that children come from God and they're a blessing. And we're, we're just saying, okay, God, these are your kids. But we also, we give a charge to the parents. We give a charge to the, the family members or the godparents or whoever are bringing into it and, and to the church to, to model and to teach Christ, to teach and to model the right path. So in closing this morning, I just want us to take a moment just take a moment and think, okay, who, if you have kids, that's easy. But also aside from your kids or your family members, maybe it's brother or sister, parents, maybe it's coworkers, maybe it's social clubs, whatever you're a part of. Let's just take a moment and ask God, say, God, who are we to be influencing? Who are we to be teaching? Who are we to be modeling to what it means to follow Christ? And then just say, God, in what ways... Have I at times been a spiritual Grinch and either withheld good example and teaching or have I even perhaps created barriers? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you speak to us. Lord, we just thank you that you are a God of grace and mercy and that you make every morning new. And Lord, no matter if we've been stumbling in this, Lord, if we have uh, been spiritual grinches, we've been withholding spiritual blessings and truth from either our children or people within our sphere of influence, Father. Lord, we just ask for your forgiveness. Lord, we repent. And Lord, we just ask that you would renew a passion within us for the things of you. That, Lord, we would begin to, to restructure our lives so that you are the first thing we think of when we wake, the last thing we think of as we go to sleep. That, Lord, as we go through our lives, we would be intentional, we'd be conscious of who's around us and what you are calling us to teach and to model. Lord, I just thank you that you gave us in your scripture, Lord, imperfect people. Lord, that you chose to use imperfect people. And so, Lord, we know that you can use us. And so, Father, we just humble ourselves before you. We admit that we are imperfect and that we are in need of your grace. We are in need of your mercy. We're in need of your guidance, Father. May your Holy Spirit lead us. Father, we just ask that you would use us. Use us to not rob those that are in our care of spiritual blessings and giftings. But Lord, we might lead them to them. We might lead them to you, that we might bestow wisdom. We might bestow peace and hope into the lives that you have connected ours with. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.